Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing. My name is Eugene Driscoll and this is the Valley Indie Podcast. My guest this week, you know, last week I had Derby School Superintendent Dr. Matthew Conway on. Then after that, I followed it up with Ansonia Superintendent Dr. Joseph DeBacco. We're keeping with the Derby Ansonia-ish theme of education this week and I'd like to welcome back to the program Mr. Jim Gilday the chairman of the Derby Board of Education and the co-chair of the Ansonia Derby Temporary Regional School Committee. Wow that, that's a lot to get on a business card. Hi Gene. How's it going Jim? How are you? Good how are you? Not bad. You have a good Thanksgiving and all that? I had, you know, really, I had a great Thanksgiving for certain. You know, we uh, certainly have some exciting news in our house. Uh, two of my daughters are pregnant, so uh, a lot to be thankful for this year for certain. Wow. Good for you, Jim. That's yeah. great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. So we're going to be talking about uh, the Regionalization Committee and the efforts that are underway to study whether combining or regionalizing the Derby and Sonia school districts in some fashion is uh, you know, good for education and good for the bottom lines. We're going to be talking about that. But before we get into it, and it's mostly going to be Jim talking because I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't been to a meeting in a long time. It's not something I'm going to every week. But before we get into it, I want to read an important message from the sponsor of this podcast, valleygivesback.org. So please go, if nothing else, go to this website uh, and check it out. It's a way to help your neighbors. While giving back is always in season, now is a great time to plan your gift. Name a Valley nonprofit in your estate plan and create a legacy that tells future generations what matter to you. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Your action will inspire others to make a difference in their own way. Remember the Valley. Ask your accountant, financial planner, or attorney about planned giving options. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. So, Jim, at this point, I mean, Joseph Yauman from Ansonia is the co-chair, and he's also an Ansonia alderman of the Temporary School Regionalization Committee. How long have you been meeting? I want to say that we've been meeting for just about two and a half years. I think officially we were appointed... uh, you know, in February of 2018. However, we really, I think our first meeting was really May-ish. So uh, we've been going at it for a little, about two and a half years. And do you feel you're at the point, just generally speaking, are we close to being, uh, 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 seeing seeing a recommendation, I guess? Are we zeroing in on the, on the, the goal line here? Yeah, absolutely. I feel much better uh, where we are now, you know, than, than six months ago for certain. Uh, six, you know, we, 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 hit a, we hit a peak there, a period there where we kind of came to a standstill as much as the world did with COVID. Uh, so between the coronavirus impact and we were working through some issues with the consultant, you know, we had some uncertainty there. I would tell you that we've really made some nice progress in the last three to six months. Uh, we've we've kind of focused in on two potential options. We've taken two off the table. Uh, and so I think where we are at now, uh, we're, we're definitely closer to the goal line uh, than, than the 50-yard line for certain. And in terms of the process here, I know if and when the committee recommends something, uh, I guess it goes through the legislative process in each school, and eventually the ultimate decision will be up to the voters uh, in each town. So it would have to go on a ballot and out to referendum. Uh, assuming that's what's going to happen, what's your goal there in terms of when you'll get it on the ballot? I think the 
greatest chance to have many people weigh on it is probably the municipal election of 2021. Uh, you know, so so in theory, could we finish quicker and and do something in the spring uh, or summer, uh, perhaps? But again, you know, when you look at voter turnout, uh, I think voter turnout—the greatest opportunity to turn people out would be the municipal election. So, in my head, and, and, and Joe and I've talked about this. I think kind of that's conceptually where the thought process is. And is that realistic at this point, or you are at the point where you've I think done so. enough? Okay. Uh, and, and then just uh, in general, I guess uh, what I wanted to talk about just first, and this is just for my own uh, knowledge, basically. But I mean, as, as a school district stands right now in both communities, in Derby, you have Derby High School, which is a very old building. I believe on electric, uh, it, it's totally electric heat and all that. Is yes, it sir. So that's, that's expensive to run. Uh, Derby Middle School, which is about a decade old or so. Uh, the Bradley School and Irving School. Then Ansonia has Ansonia High School, which is a newer facility. Ansonia Middle School, which is probably their oldest and in the most need of maintenance. Jim, is that sort of... I, like- I, I think that would be a fair comment to make, yes. And then you have Mead School and Prendergast. So that's how it stands now. And I was looking at, but I believe this information is now old based on what you had just said. There was some regionalization options on the table as of late October uh, that I had taken a look at. But then on November 26th, and this is from the Connecticut Post, uh, Mike Makel had reported that uh, one option on the table now is to use Ansonia High School. This is directly from the story. Derby Middle School and Derby's Bradley and Irving Elementary Schools, as well as Ansonia's Mead and Prendergast Elementary Schools. So I assume in that scenario... And we maybe call the, that no, that's fair. Ahead, we call ahead. that the pre-K through twelve four elementary school model, because uh, you're uh, utilizing four of the uh, four elementary schools. And then the other option that I think is still on the table is the pre-K through twelve three elementary school options, which would add on to the Bradley School in Derby and would close down the Irving School. So uh, there, I would tell you that there, those are the two options that remain on the table: pre-K through twelve three elementary school option, pre-K through 12, four elementary, four elementary school options. The nine through 12 option, we, we, we did take off the, the table um, because that did not address the educational needs of, of both communities. Um, and uh, the six through 12 option, uh, you know, we, we also took off the table when you, you know, when you looked at the potential finances uh, of that as well that that also did not seem like it was one of the strong options but if we look at pre-k through 12 with the four option there that was the first one mentioned yes uh and so in that scenario from reading that paragraph that mike wrote in the post i assume that means derby high school and ansonia middle school would be closed in that scenario is yes that sir yes okay I, I actually think that's, and that's what we've come to. I think we've recognized that the two options that remain on the table would in fact close Derby High School and Derby Middle, uh, and the Sony Middle School. And those are the, those are the schools that are most in need of major upgrades. Yes, for certain. And, and, and probably operationally the most expensive to, to, to work, uh, to, to utilize and to take advantage of. And in this first option, you mentioned pre-K through 12 with four elementary schools, so we would have Derby students in the high school go to Ansonia High School. Uh, then what happens to Ansonia Middle School students? And if they, that, would they, already, go to, they would go to the middle school in Derby. 
And then the uh, elementary school, the, the pre-Ks would kind of filter back into the elementary schools, uh, and especially during Derby War pre-Ks are not in our elementary schools. And so um, um, you would utilize either three or four elementary schools and they would stay in their respective towns. The middle school children would go to Derby. Uh, you'd have to do some work there. Uh, and then the high school kids would move, high school students would move to the regionalized high school, which for all intents and purposes would be Ansonia High School and you'd have to do some work there. And then jumping ahead to that, to that second one, which I believe you called pre-K through 12 with three elementary schools yes. uh, open. And that one would close Irving. So what would happen to the Irving, Irving younger kids there? What is Irving is... Uh, what, first through fourth grade? Or it's kindergarten through six. Kindergarten through six. Okay. I mean, kindergarten through five. I apologize. Kindergarten through That's five. That's okay. Where would they go in that scenario? In that second they, scenario? In that scenario, you would add on to the Bradley School in Derby. And in Derby, the city of Derby would have one elementary school. And that's okay. And I excuse, uh, please excuse me, and I apologize for being so ignorant. So it sounds like the goal here as a layman, as an outside observer, just learning this uh, from you and from what I've read in the press is uh, you wanted to keep the younger kids within their own towns. You don't want to, is that, was that sort of an overriding goal here? I think that was uh, the thought process uh, is kind of retaining the neighborhood school concept for that, that younger group grade population for certain. And then just uh, Irving school. I know that's sort of my, I mean, I live on, on, on the side of uh, Derby where the Irving school is. Uh, it, it's, I mean, it's landlocked. It's, it's park. It's, it's, pretty much fully developed in terms of parking. So is that, uh, is that like, why of all the schools to close, why Irving? Why are you eyeing that one possibly in that second scenario? Uh, I think with the consultants, and, and I want to be fair on this because I try really hard not to impart my own opinion in the, in the, in, in the committee hasn't talked about those two options. So I will say, uh, but what I would say is that the reason why they chose private schools for what you said, the land to expand was just greater. Uh, there's more land up there. It was easier to expand. The Irving School, as you know, on Garden Place, there's a there's you know the house right next door, uh, and then you got the hill going. You got the hill going down the back. A cliff, a cliff, essentially, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so when they looked at when they looked at you know Derby's uh, demographics, and they thought, well, hey, is it possible to fit all the elementary school students into one elementary school? I think it just made sense that that elementary school be where you could expand easy, easier. And then, of course, the big question is, and it's a complicated question, I saw in the last article in the Connecticut Post, they had quoted uh, Rich Bashara from Ansonia. So you know it's complicated uh, if you've got, and there's lots of formulas and numbers involved, if they're bringing in uh, Rich Bashara to take a look at it. Anybody who doesn't know, he's the uh, Ansonia. He was the comptroller for many years. Uh, you know, the guy who, uh, the bean counter from Ansonia. Uh, that first scenario, they have pre-K-12 with four elementary schools and just it would close Derby High School, close Ansonia Middle School, the two older buildings. It would use Ansonia High School, so Derby High School kids would go to Ansonia. It would use Derby Middle School, which is only about a decade old. That would take kids from Ansonia High School, uh, Middle School and put them there. Uh, and then it would re remain uh, open Bradley and Irving in Derby, as well as Mead and Prendergast over in Ansonia. What are the costs associated uh, with that? Is that even something that can be explained in a podcast? It could be uh, without, you know, without getting too much in the weeds, but I, I do want to say, yeah, Rich, Rich is one of the neat things sincerely about working on this project has been, has been kind of the interaction with, with 
our counterparts in the other town. Uh, and so getting to meet people like a Rich or a Joe or Dr. Shu or Dr. Adamowski uh, has certainly been uh, really the joy of the last two and a half years. And so, uh, you know, I, I think Rich certainly brought up a cost, uh, brought up a good point about the costs uh, and, and, and how they would look down the road because um, costs and savings to some degree are based upon the amount of pupils you have in the school system. So I think one of the points Rich brought up was, you know, the shifting population and how that may look down the road. But getting to the getting to the the, the cost piece of it, it's simply without getting too far into the weeds. What I would say is, you've talked about having to add on to Ansonia High School, which you would have to. I mean, uh, Ansonia uh, High School to accommodate the Derby students, you'd have to do that. There's a cost there. You'd have to add on to the Derby Middle School to accommodate the Antonio Middle School students. There's a cost there. You may or may not have to add on to the Bradley School. There's a cost there. And then there's a, a number of code violations that once you get into those schools and once you start working on those schools, you have to you have to address the code violations. So though, I just want real quick about code violations. Yeah. I think I always read that and, and probably people hear that. How is it that a school operates with code, code violations? I know that was an issue in Shelton for, for many, many years. I'll give you a perfect example. This is as simple as I could be. So in today's day and age, there's ADA compliant rules about how your doorknobs need to be, you know, lever based instead of, you know, knob based. And so, so you're right. You don't have to retroactively, you know, once they put those new regulations out, they, always, they say going forward, here's the standard for doorknobs. They don't make a school system or buildings go back in time and fix those. And so, but once you get into the building and you start to change the use of the building, add on to the building, then the expectation is that you will go back and you will, uh, you will address those code violations. I think it's, it's as simple as I, as I could say it. Okay. So, thanks. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, 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 no. So those additions, those code violations uh, have an after reimbursement cost of anywhere, depending on what model you pick, anywhere from 15 to $20 million. And so that's the cost of, of regionalizing. Uh, but that's sure. just, just code violations? No, that's the additions as well. That's everything? Yes, sir. Gotcha. 15 to 20 for that for that first option only we're talking about? No, that's, about, for, that's for either option. I mean, if you really the, want, yeah. I'm sorry. That's the ballpark then we're yeah, talking a, for either yeah. of these. How about that? Yeah. 15 to 20. Okay. I mean, um, so if you wanted the exact plus, I would tell you the, uh, the PK through 12, you know, uh, four elementary school option has a cost of 19.6 million. The PK through 12, three elementary school options has a cost of 17 million. Uh, and that would be the cost to code, code upgrade those buildings from a code perspective, as well as add on to those buildings. Okay. Gotcha. And what has been, uh, in, in terms of the process, the reaction among the committee members. I mean, this is a big committee too. What are there like? Uh, 10 people. There's 10 people on this. Uh, is the committee at the point where they're sort of weighing in on these two options, uh, going over the pros and cons or? I think we're trying to understand the finances first. That's where really where we're at. Uh, so the consultant gave us uh, potential potential savings. Here's what you may save. And they gave us costs. Here's what it will cost. And so we just want to uh, focus in and narrow in on making sure that we have as close to accurate savings as could be and as close to accurate costs as can be. Uh, so I think we're understanding the finance 
piece of it first, and then we'll get into the pros and the cons of the three elementary school versus the four elementary, four elementary school option. And then in terms of, so we've talked about the ballpark figures for uh, what it would cost us to make these schools, to basically bring them up uh, in terms of code compliance and to expand on the buildings where they need to be expanded upon. We talked about that, but what about this savings? I mean, that's what we, that's what in some ways uh, drew or or created this committee a, a few years back, the search for savings, because it's become so hard to, uh, you know, give our schools the basics, you know, year to year, small uh, increases has become really tough in Derby and uh, and Sonia. So do you have any idea of what the savings would be here? The savings piece is, is I think the the biggest unknown and and, and I'll tell you why. Uh, So first and foremost, some of the savings calculated is based upon contractual uh, uh, contracts um, and, and teacher salary savings and health insurance savings. And those are kind of unknown because once you have a combined school system, you don't know which, you know, and Sony Derby have two different salary structures and two different, believe it or not, you know, uh, you think it'd be cutting drive two different uh, health insurance packages. So that piece of it is, is challenging. I will also, but I still think we could come to an educated guess on what the savings would be. I think, I think we'll know better at our next meeting because DMG, which is our consultant, has given us a list of things that they think we could save. Hey, you can save a superintendent salary. You can save a principal salary. You can save, you know, three people in the central office. And so what we've done is we've taken that list and we've given it to our prospective superintendents and we've asked them to work together on what they feel is a realistic headcount for a 3000 school combined district. And then we also want to make sure, because there will be savings. I think I, you know, we all agree with that, but we also want to make sure that we're improving the program as well. Um, Cause that's, that, that's certainly the most important part of regionalizing. I think that we all get the cost savings is neat, but the most important part is the program savings. So I think I would be remiss if I started to throw on dollars today, but if we get together in a month or two, I think it'd be easier to talk about savings to, to be fair. Fair enough. Uh, and the other thing that's happening here, uh, you, you, I mean, this is a formal process that you've started. This, uh, as, a, as an outsider, but somebody who has sat through a lot of municipal meetings, both in Ansonia and Derby, there has been talk over the years of regionalizing or shared resources, and it didn't really seem to go anywhere. There would be a meeting where, all right, they would, you know, everybody would switch to Outlook, and that was the big, all right, we, we, we regionalized our computer systems. Uh, but this is a formal process you're in uh, under state guidance, under state law, uh, from what I understand. Uh, and now you're, are you reaching out to talk to the, I mean, we just had an election a couple of weeks back, although it seems like two years ago. Uh, at what point do you bring uh, the state lawmakers in? Because one important thing, a word you had mentioned earlier in terms of construction is reimbursement. Because uh, Lord knows Derby and Sonia don't have money uh, flying around to like, you know, expand the schools. So how, how does that work now? And that's actually an excellent point. And what I would say is Joe, uh, John, who, who you referenced, and I are actually meeting with uh, representatives, uh, Clarice Dietria, uh, representatives Rochelle, representative-elect uh, Wielander, and Rep- uh, senator-elect Cabrera on December 11th, so that'd be next Friday. And again, we, we you know, we, we are going to meet with those representatives who will be representing our two towns over the next two years. So that meeting is set for next week, but we will start to, you know, have that 
exchange of information. We'll bring them kind of up to speed on the project. Uh, we'll talk to them about the costs and the potential savings because, you know, if the state is interested in regionalizing, uh, they're going to have to, in my opinion, do something to offset that $20 million cost because that's huge, you know, uh, Gene. And, and we talk about going to the referendum and, 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 and moving forward, but getting that $20 million cost down is, is, is really important. Uh, and so this, you know, I really do feel if the state is going to encourage uh, towns to share services and or regionalize, they're gonna have to do better on the cost end for certain. So we do have, again, that meeting is scheduled for next uh, Thursday, excuse me, next Friday with reps, uh, uh, you know, the area reps in, in state Senate. And for anybody who hasn't followed this issue over the years, I remember it was Ethan Fry, a former reporter here, sat in a meeting in Ansonia City Hall. I think it was when uh, Mayor Zekin might have been mayor-elect, or maybe it was even when he was running uh, that, that, that time. It must have been, yeah, the second time because he went on to win. But uh, there, there was a state rep there saying, look, the regionalization, if you guys want to talk about it, now's the time to do it before the state comes down because, uh, you know, they're always broke, so the stereotype is. And forces... Uh, municipalities to do something. So in some ways, I guess Derby and Ansonia with this particular committee are two years ahead uh, of the curve uh, on this. So ideally, what do you what do you hope happens as a result of this meeting next Friday? I don't have any, uh, you know, I, I think it's just laying the groundwork. I, you know, I don't, certainly don't expect on Friday for, you know, uh, Representative uh, Dietria or Rochelle or Wielander or State Senator Cabrera to, to you know, offer a whole load of money. But I do hope that they'll understand the project a little bit more. They'll understand the cost of the project a little bit more. And over the coming years, uh, over the coming year, you know, uh, that they will be able to, bring forth that discussion to Hartford of, hey, listen, here you have two towns talking about regionalization, but that 20 million price tags, a little steep, and that may be too hard to overcome. What can we do to help? I think that's my expectation. Interesting. And I should just point out to viewers or listeners that uh, Mr. Gilday is not a paid uh, appointee of any kind in the city government on either the Board of Education or in his capacity as a co-chair uh, of this uh, committee. Uh, and neither is Mr. Yaman or anybody on either of these committees. I think that's always important to, to uh, point out, especially when it's an issue like this, because as soon as you put regionalization on, on Facebook, you get reaction. Uh, and it tends to be you know, either black or white. There's no gray. So uh, I guess those are all my questions. I, I think the only other thing I wanted to ask you uh, and then I'll, of course, ask if, if there's anything else you wanted to add is I think you just had a meeting last night uh, and today is December, whatever it is, December 3rd. Or do you have when's your next meeting? We had, we had a meeting on December 1st. That was our council whole meeting. Uh, and our next meeting is December 17th. Okay, so if people want to tune in, they can literally do so uh, by checking the City of Ansonia website or the Derby City. Gene, I misunderstood you. I thought you meant the Derby Board of Ed. We did not have a meeting last night. Uh, uh, our next meeting is probably going to be January 6th. Sorry, January 6th. Now, well, hey, hey pe people, go to the BOE meeting in, meeting in Derby, too. You can, you, can go, you, go. you can go crazy with your meetings. But okay, so that's coming up uh, uh, next month. Uh, Jim, is there anything you wanted to add that perhaps I didn't touch upon about this uh, committee. Oh, yeah, I would like to add one thing. You know, our, our meetings are on Zoom. Uh, I try to, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. We try to, you know, maybe push out the agenda on occasion. Uh, but it is on our website. I will, I will say that I'm 
probably legitimately surprised at how few people from the public attend. I mean, it's just, it's really a huge issue, right? Uh, it's a huge issue and, and we get really little public participation. And I fully expect once we get farther along and, and we probably have one proposal that we're talking about, well, you know, I fully expect we'll get folks out then, but you know, a lot of this is at the ground, is it is at the grassroots, right? And so, uh, you know, now's as important time as once we've made a decision. Uh, so I, I, you know, I would just encourage people to come. Our meetings are on Zoom. Uh, they're open to the public. Uh, we have actually have two public portions, one in the beginning and one at the end, which is really not common. You know, uh, I don't on many of the boards and commissions I'm on, we don't do that. So we really, really try to we really try to set it up to encourage public participation. So I would just encourage people to come uh, and certainly uh, attend our meetings. They're posted at both city website, uh, both city websites. Great. All right, Mr. Gilday, I want to uh, thank you and uh, congratulations on uh, congratulations on all the good personal news happened with uh, the Gilday extended family. So uh, that's really exciting and good to hear. So thank you. Jim. All right, all right, Grandpa. We'll talk <laughs> to you. Talk <laughs> to you soon. Have a great Christmas. You too, Gene. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.